0: The Financial Secretary phone in with Hugh Chiverton and Peter Lewis. Call us on 233 88 266 or email backchat at rthk.hk. Good morning. Welcome to this special program. I'm Hugh Chiverton. It's uh, your chance now, between now and nine o'clock, to question the Financial Secretary Paul Chan. Good morning. On the good morning to you on the budget speech which he delivered on Wednesday. If you want to talk directly to Mr. Chan, just give us a call, and the number is two three three eight eight two six six two three three eight eight two six six. And we're broadcasting today on RTHK Radio Three, on RTHK TV thirty two webcast, and we're also on Facebook Live. Over the next hour, Mr. Chan, listening to your comments and answering your questions, we hope, on his fourth budget. The headline, I guess, is the $10,000 for every adult permanent resident. That's part of a raft of one-off measures to boost our economy as it faces a triple threat. But there are also concerns about the size of the forecast deficit and how long it will go on for, and also where the money will come from in future. Well, you can put your questions to Mr Chan, tell him what you think of his budget, what he's planning to do with your money on 233 Two three three eight eight two six six And your co-host today is Peter Lewis. Peter, good morning
1: to you. Thanks, Hugh. And good morning, Mr. Chan. Thank yeah, you, Yeah, good joining. morning, Peter. Good morning, Hugh. Previously, you've expressed reservations about cash hand- handouts and how yes. effective they are. But here you are taking quite a big risk with the public finances by giving cash to nearly everyone in an untargeted and regressive manner, with no certainty that it's going to help the economy or the people hardest hit. And it certainly doesn't address the underlying causes of our economic problems. So what's changed your mind and persuaded
2: you now that this is the right way forward? I think we we are all witnessing a sharp sharp downturn in our economy. Uh, with the social unrest since the middle of last year, and uh, coupled with the current coronavirus attack, the economy is suffering. Uh, certain sectors, particularly, say, for example, restaurants, uh, consumer spending, spending, retailing sectors, hard hit. Uh, the idea of handing out this cash is that less when this current epidemic disease is over... Let's come out to spend, to stimulate our economy and help our own businesses. By helping our own business, supporting the business, we will be able to safeguard jobs. That is the central theme of this 10,000 handout. And why wait until the summer?
1: Because the economic crisis really in Hong Kong is with us right now. People are suffering. They're
2: losing their jobs. They need help right now. True. Isn't that summer going to be too late? Uh, true, but uh, firstly we need to have the approval of the Legislative Council and in the meantime we need to prepare ourselves for this handout because under this scheme the total number of beneficiaries would be about 7 million. Uh, we need to arrange for the registration and also the payment. Uh, 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 according to our Experience back in 2011, uh, it takes about three months f- for the banks to modify their computer systems to be able to interface with ours, so that the payments can be made uh, smoothly. Uh, also, in the process, we need to take care certain sector of the community who not be so well versed in electro- electronic matters. But there's a big risk to this,
1: isn't there? Because we could be entering a period now Mm -hmm. of structural deficits. You've said we're not going to have now a surplus for the next five years. Um, You need to identify new revenues, although Mm -hmm. so far you haven't identified any new revenues. This could really uh, change very much our reputation for, if you like, prudence. How are you going to get our budget back into balance?
2: Well, currently, I think the number one priority of the government is to prevent and fighting the disease, and as well as using our financial resources to support our businesses and relieve the burden on our people. Uh, over the years, we have accumulated over $1,100 billion in you know, our fiscal reserve. This is the time when people are suffering, when the economy is suffering. We make good use of those money to help people out, to uh, help ride out uh, this uh, particular period of difficulty. Looking into f- the future, of course, as I point out in the budget, we, are, we will be having uh, deficits in operating account to the order of about $50 billion a year. That is on the operating account. But if you look at the consolidated account, uh, the deficit would be in the range of about one7 uh, Seventeen billion to about eight billion, so in the context of a budget with a total spending of six hundred billion, I would argue that this is bodily balance and Since we are facing such a difficult time, this is the uh, the first two years uh, facing recessionary environment. perhaps it's too early to say we are entering into a stage of Structural deficit. But but why not make
1: it more targeted? Because this is going to cost us $71 billion, more than Mm. half of the package that you've announced. There are people uh, that really are suffering, and there's no guarantee that this money is going to help them. And at the same time, people who don't really need it Mm. um, are are benefiting from this. There's, for example, people who are unemployed that really Mm. we have no support network, safety network Mm. for them. Um, Wouldn't it have been better to make it? Uh, a more targeted package, uh, directed
2: uh, purely at those that are really in need at the moment? I think we have to look at the package in the budget in in totality. Uh, We do have specific measures, say for people uh, uh, in receiving different kinds of social security payments. Uh, We we are going to pay uh, one month rent on behalf of the public housing uh, rental tenants, say for example. Uh, In the anti-epidemic fund launched uh, two weeks ago uh, by the government, there are also specific measures and assistance to specific sectors and people in those sectors. So now this 10,000 handout is meant to be encouraging spending, helping our retailing food, uh, F&B sectors and try to stimulate the economy. So the policy objectives are different and at the same time complementary. But there's no guarantee it is going to be
1: spent, is it? People could save it, they could pay off their debt. Um, this is not like giving out vouchers where people are then forced to spend it. There's no guarantee that this is going to go into the economy.
2: There is no guarantee, but also we appeal to our people to to help our economy and I believe when this money is starting to give out uh, the business sector will come up with different kind of programs uh, to attract people to come out to spend and also uh, people in our community are facing different situations by giving them cash I think they can use this according to uh, to the way that is best serving their own circumstances.
0: Well, we've also seen, apart from the sort of the local problems, um, international problems taking on a a different dimension with that fall on the Dow Jones that we've been hearing about, more than 4%, some 4.5% down, the biggest one-day fall uh, in its history, Mm. Um, suggestive of, um, you know, international problems as well arising from the coronavirus. Isn't the danger that we are, we're very externally oriented, we're very sort of sensitive to what happens outside uh, our own economy, Uh, isn't the danger that we're making ourselves vulnerable by spending all our money now
2: well uh, you may have noticed uh, yesterday one of the international agents agents also came out uh, expressing their views that uh, by using uh, by launching a uh, relief measures and to this extent uh, it is affordable in Hong Kong's uh, circumstances and it's good for Hong Kong Uh, for us Yes, we are a small, open economy. Uh, we are vulnerable to what uh, what is happening internationally. But at, at the same time, over the years, we have built very strong buffers, both in terms of fiscal reserve and in terms of our banking system. Uh, say, for example, last year has been a very challenging year for us. But if you look at the financial market, uh, the stock market, the banking system, the monetary uh, market, the currency stability of Hong Kong dollar, things are going on pretty well and responding, not just uh, responding to international uh, economy, not just uh, affected, uh, I mean, to an extent, not responding directly to local events. Because over the years, we have built up very substantial buffers and we have been monitoring very closely uh, the different uh, Activities, including possible speculative activities in the market, to make sure our market is operating smoothly and orderly.
0: Okay. Well, our number is two three three eight eight two six six. It's your opportunity to put your questions and comments directly to the uh, financial secretary, uh, Paul Chan, in particular on the budget speech, which is uh, just delivered. What do you think of the ten thousand dollars and so on? Two three three eight eight two six six is the number. Let's start uh, some callers now. And first on the line, we I think we have Dominic. Dominic, good morning.
3: Morning, Dominic. My name is Dominic. Uh, morning, Paul. Good morning. Uh, I'm an insurance agent, and I meet d- different people every day. They react very, very differently to this uh, ten thousand Hong Kong dollars subsidy. Well, we're, we're talking about an income group ranging from monthly income of ten thousand Hong Kong dollars to three hundred Hong dollars here. Obviously, this uh, ten thousand Hong Kong dollars subsidy means very differently to them and their families. Well, I've been talking to them in the past couple of days. So many, many of them are positive. Some of them need this money very, very urgently, like for repairing the burst of water pipes in the home. Uh, some of uh, coaches or training, also, like a swimming, a yoga, a Thai boxing. So they, their income has uh, dropped drastically lately. You know. So yeah, they, this money does help them. They're, uh, for the high-income group, frankly, they, they say they don't know what to do with this, and they don't really need it. So, my first question is: Is there any measure we can rely on, given the experience with we, we, how we handled how we di- distribute the uh, uh, four thousand hundred dollars subsidy before? Well, to do better this time and quickly deliver this emergency cash into the hands of those who need.
2: Uh, yes, um you know in the last round uh, back in twenty eleven uh when the government uh, did a scheme of six thousand dollars handout, the announcement was made in March, and they started the registration in late August, and the payment started in early november and this time round, we know that the economy is in critical situation mm-hmm. we want, we need to put we need to be able to put the money in the hands of people as early as possible yep. so uh, our target is to to start the registration in early summer and start making payments in late summer so it would be a lot earlier and in fact uh, we have already started our di- our dialogue with the banks to appeal to them to start there work early to prepare for modification of their computer system to interface with us, so uh, we are very confident uh, at this stage we will be able to put the money to the hands of people a lot earlier.
0: Could, could you speed that up by decoupling the more controversial elements in the budget from that from that proposal, uh, and by targeting first the priority cases, people on social welfare and so on. Uh,
2: in terms of order of payment, uh, the work the working group will look into the suggestions. Uh, say, for example, as you put it, uh, certain uh, disadvantaged group uh, could we be able to give them earlier? We will certainly look into that. Uh, taking this, uh, this 10,000 scheme from the budget to be separately approved by the Legislative Council would not be able to enhance the implementation timetable. So It, it appears to us Indeed, there is no point in taking this particular item. But it might be slowed down if you don't do that. Oh no, won't because we already started the process both internally. Well, you've got to get LegCo approval, and if that's delayed, uh, legislative council approval in terms of the budget uh, in the past two years would be in the middle of May. But our preparation were already started, uh, as indicated by the different. Uh, Political parties in the Legislative Council in the past two days, uh, this ten thousand cash handout scheme seems to be seems to have pretty broad support. So uh, with that, uh, we are. But maybe you could get that through next week
0: or something if you if you decoupled it. If, you... Uh, if
2: I decouple that, the preparation work in terms of modification of computer system, test test run the uh, the new system. St- would require the same amount of time and please do bear in mind that we have seven million people and also huge amount of data to be protected and also the, the risk of cyber attack we need to cater for all this i think we need to play safe in that risk card. okay dominic do you want
3: to yeah well i would say uh it's going to be good news if the coronavirus is gone before we get the money. So I, I do hope Paul can think something for, for this. And my second question is, uh, as you mentioned, that we will be facing a challenge of financial deficit in the coming few years. Obviously, we, we have to look for a new income source. So if more income less expenses of target. I would suggest that we should start looking at the regulation of heated tobacco in a different perspective. Well, the debate has been going on in vegetable for more than a year. Well, lots of uh, scientific research on less harmful substances has been presented, uh, which means uh, uh, possibly less expenditure on public health management. Well, the, the, the latest news is that the government is going to launch a total ban on that, which is ridiculous. Uh, so once again, we, we feel that the people's voice is not heard by the government, uh, which is a bit dangerous for now.
2: Okay. Mr. Uh, Chan, do you want to respond to that? Uh, well, we, we are looking, we will be looking at uh, ways of mean, ways and means of increasing revenue Uh Say, for example, adjusting tax rates, uh, looking into the possibility of uh, new sources of revenue. Uh, This is on our agenda. But uh, for this kind of issue, we need to have a proper debate in the community before we can decide on anything. And
3: it has been going on for more than a year already. Well, well, considering the smoking population is around 10% among like uh, 7 million Hong Kong people, and having around 25% of them switch to heated tobacco already, well, official records from the government is single digits, which is nonsense. If you go to the shopping centres in Hong Kong or Wanchai, you will see more and more heated tobacco shops are opening. That's what's happening in the real world.
0: Okay. Yeah, Dominic. Dominic, thank, thank, thanks for your call. We, we we got quite a lot of callers. Thank you very much indeed for for yours. The number once again is two three three eight eight two six six two double three double eight two double six. Get your calls in now. We always get a log jam at the end, and then not everyone can uh, put their questions or, or get a uh, a detailed answer. Uh, thanks, Dominic. Uh, next on the line, we have Ravi. Ravi, good morning. Hello, Ravi. Hello, Ravi. Nope. No, Ravi. Okay. Uh, do we have the next caller? Stephen, I hope. Stephen, good morning. Good morning. Go ahead. Good
2: morning, yeah. Stephen.
4: Hi. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations and thank you for oh. uh, putting together uh, the budget proposal and yeah. this very yeah. challenging Thank you.
2: Very kind I, of you.
4: I, I agree very much that we have to remain hopeful and focus on investing in the future um uh, there's no doubt in innovation and technology are, are keys to many uh challenges uh, and there are investments to be made um I see in your proposal you you suggested to invest uh two billion dollars to subsidize installation of uh electric uh, vehicle charging equipments. um I understand there are investments to be made but um Uh, Mr. Secretary, I also would like to remind you that uh, as consumers, uh, we also have a part to play and and we hope to have the right options and and incentives. So uh, just now the the gentleman mentioned about um, uh, tobacco, heated tobacco products. And I, I, I would be interested to know if the, well, Using the electrical vehicle as as electric vehicle as an example, um, there are certainly environmentalists, fundamentalists who are against private vehicles, anyways. But it is clearly a better alternative, a cleaner alternative, and it is the same for heated tobacco products. I wonder if the government will allow us to switch, and the most importantly, we are not asking for any subsidy. On the contrary. By allowing the product to be sold in Hong Kong, the government may receive billions of dollars in forgone tax revenue. So um, I urge the government to really work with us, the consumers, provide us with the right options and incentives so that everyone benefits.
2: I, I heard you, Stephen, when uh, the Secretary for Food and Health... Uh, put forward the proposal of uh, banning the sale of heated uh, tobacco items. The main objective is health. Uh, I heard you, and in fact, uh, at the moment, this bill has not gone to the Legislative Council yet. Um, over the past few months, we have uh, re- have been receiving uh, feedbacks and comments from uh, from the different sectors of the community uh, this is something that we have to uh, we have to to look at it again yeah i heard you Stephen.
0: okay thank you very much thank you very much indeed Stephen, uh for your call and um, once again the number is 23388266 and uh, mimi is the next caller to talk to the financial secretary this morning on rthk hello mimi good morning mimi
5: Good morning, can you hear me?
2: Yes yes, Hi. yes
5: yeah. um, I'm calling just um, talking about that ten thousand uh, dollars that um, that you're giving out to all common residents um, we you know from our past experience a few years ago you uh, the government dished out six thousand dollars, but there were a lot of I, I, you know I've got a lot of friends that emigrated who have never been you know have never even paid a single cent in tax, but yet they were able to get the $6,000. And as a taxpayer, I don't think it's, you know, it's fair at all, you know, using our money. And to give you an example, I've got a friend who emigrated when he was about 12 or 13. So never, ever, he went emigrated to the U.S., never, ever pay a single cent in tax. And he's a very accomplished um, gynecologist in the U.S. And he came back one holiday and just applied for his, because he's born in Hong Kong got his, uh, identity card, the smart identity card, and then just came for holiday and just left. And then he was so happy that he got the six thousand dollars. And for him, six thousand dollars is even it's just less than a thousand US. You know, but he say it's you know the government's giving out, and now it's ten thousand. And I know a lot of people are similar to them, to this guy, that to my friend, that um, that they've never lived in Hong Kong, they've never paid single, selling tax or rates or anything like that.
2: And yet, they've got the benefit. Uh, To give
5: another
2: example, yeah, Mimi, I I heard you. I heard you, and I, I, I understand your your sentiment. If I may explain, Uh, in the Immigration Department, we maintain a record of people holding permanent Hong Kong ID card. Uh, The number is slightly over six point nine million, and there is no record as to who have been immigrated and getting another passport. Um, we, And there are also people living uh, away from Hong Kong for study, for work holiday. And also there are cases where Hong Kong may be too expensive for some of our elderly, some of our citizens. They choose to live in neighbouring cities. So if I try to do a very targeted segregation. Uh, number one, because immigration department does not maintain that, uh, immig- uh, that migration record, it would be very difficult. And also if I put in such a meticulous arrangement to try to distinguish this, that will delay the whole exercise. Mimi, do you, want, do, you, you, do you yeah? Do you, yeah, that would de- delay the whole exercise, making it mm-hmm. pretty complicated, and would not be able to allow us to put the money to the hands of our people uh, in summer. Mimi, uh, do, you, do you take the points?
5: I I take the point, but um, I've got some suggestions. I know immigration Please. department yeah. keeps travel records um, for ten years, and I think it's it's something very simple. If somebody registered online. I mean, I don't know whether the question you asked, but the individual registered could provide evidence that um, that person has actually um, residing in Hong Kong for the last, I don't know how many years, you can set a date, and then immigration can check the records. And I think that to that extent, it's more effective. I can understand it could be delayed the process, but it won't delay the process. If some say for me, I can show you my tax return, my rates and all that. So, you know, so those people are actually. M- those Mimi, people can I ask? Can, is, I can I ask, yes. Mimi?
0: Would you think it would be yes. worth it if it took if it took longer? Would you be
5: would I you, would you be willing
0: to wait longer?
5: For me personally, I would want to wait. I don't mind waiting longer, but I understand a lot of people would want to get that right away. With, you know, with uh, you know the, the current economic situation, but there's ways and things that you know because I work in a commercial firm, I can think commercially that you know we can ask for substantial evidence. And for those who could not be bothered or couldn't produce, that's it, that $10,000 Sorry, Which is uh, what uh, you have to do when you apply for
1: a permanent resident card in the first place. You have to provide Uh, evidence you've lived here. Couldn't you do the same thing?
2: Uh, But Mimi, if you you remember, uh, when we launched the Caring and Sharing Scheme last year, uh, beginning of last year, uh, people need to provide address proof. And at that time, we... Were heavily criticized so I think if uh, I, I note your suggestion but in reality for this particular scheme uh, noting also the sentiment of our people we really want to p- make it simple and easy for our people and for us so that the scheme can take off quickly and smoothly and the oh. money can be put yeah. in the hands of the people early but uh, isn't
1: there a corollary to this? There's also people who have lived here for six years, pay tax every year, contributed yeah. to the economy who don't benefit, domestic helpers who contribute to the economy. There's a whole swathe of people who are contributing, um, who are paying taxes but haven't benefited from this handout.
2: Well, interestingly, this, this proposal... Uh, excuse me, Mimi. I mean, uh, when Peter said that, well, perhaps uh, for foreign domestic helpers, uh, should we also be
0: Or residents, but not permanent residents. Uh,
2: perm- well, permanent, but I mean, residents, but not permanent residents. In, in legal terms, we have just two groups of people. One is with permanent resident status. The other is not just Hong Kong resident. This group, just Hong Kong residents including students, foreign domestic helpers, uh, people coming to work on a short-term basis, you name it. New migrants. Yeah, new migrants. Within this group, if the scheme is to cover them and try to quaff out some of, say for example, foreign domestic helpers, the whole scheme will be subject to a legal challenge. And the chance of we fail in the judicial review is very high. We do not want to run that risk. All right.
0: Mimi, thank you very much indeed for, for, oh, sorry, for your call. I, I,
5: know
0: you I, I know we got uh, we were, I think You had a, a, a couple of bites there. So thanks, Mimi, very much indeed for your call. Angelina, I think, is next. Angelina, good morning to you.
6: Good morning to you. Hi.
2: Angelina, good morning.
6: Thank you. Um, thank you for your time. I had a um, question about finding or how we will find new revenue streams. To um, increase the, the or plug the black hole that we have in the budget. Now, I wanted to ask about um, tackling illicit trade, but I heard another consumer call in, um, Dominic, and he made a good point that there's there are products like heat not burn um, that are currently being used in Hong Kong, but the government, I think you made the point, are trying to outlaw them. Now, I think um, from my perspective, um, it's not a it's not a reasonable approach. And especially given that the situation we're in, I think we can take a sensible approach to this sort of regulation and tax these products, so tax heat-not-burn or heat the tobacco products and bring them into the revenue stream of the. Of An- the
0: Angelina, government. sorry, I'm just struck by the fact that Angelina, I'm just struck by the fact we've had three callers already at the moment bringing up this this uh, single issue. Is there any sort of coordination among you?
6: No, I wanted. Well, no, I wanted to ask about generally. I don't. <laughs> okay. I don't think it's a, a, a fair approach that we're taking. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But seeing as the others raised the issue.
2: Yeah, Angelina, I, I heard you. Uh, yeah, I heard you. As I mentioned to Dominic, this is something that worth looking into. Uh, the bill has not been presented to the Legislative Council. There is still room uh, for us to uh, to engage the stakeholders and to to look at it again, yeah. Okay, Angelina, thank
0: you yeah.
2: very much
6: indeed for your call. Sorry, I just want to make some point. I think and this isn't um, specific to the heat not burn issue. I think it's just taking a sensible approach and rather than throwing money at the problem and throwing, you know, 10,000 yeah. around, there are a few yeah. popular measures that will actually help people and make people more happy yeah. than... A- having Angel-
2: Angelina, the 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 matter of uh, heated tobacco products is not just a revenue matter but it's also a health angle and the The original intention of uh, of the bill, as mentioned by the Secretary for food and health, is to protect people from uh, smoking and the related disease. Okay, yeah, Angelina, you know,
0: thanks very much indeed for your call. Uh, once again, the telephone number if you want to put a question or comment to the financial secretary, two three three eight eight two six six. I hope we've got Ravi on the line now.
2: Ravi. Yeah, good
7: morning, Mr. Chan. Yeah,
2: Ravi, good morning. Uh,
7: my question uh, for you is about the SME loan program that is currently in place and which has been extended to offering a 100% government guarantee. Um, In the process of trying to apply for or at least investigate details about the loan program, I have observed and concluded, well not concluded, I've learned that HSBC, as an example, require the applicant to provide a personal guarantee for 100% of the loan value. And I'm just wondering uh, if the government, first of all, is aware of this, and if so, why would an applicant be required to provide a personal guarantee for 100% of the loan if it's 80 or 90% guaranteed by the government. I mean, this exposes people like myself to risks that I assumed that the program was supposed to mitigate. And the second part of it is, if we now are at 100% loan guarantee, uh, are you sure that the banks will not continue to ask for personal guarantees, which make... Uh, applying for the loan, not very attractive. And I'm 100% sure if there's a problem, um, it will be easier for the banks to go, against, uh, go after individuals rather than the government. So uh, I'm just wondering if you're even aware of this, uh, the necessity that banks have put in to ask for personal guarantees.
2: Uh, Ravi, I'm fully aware of this requirement. Uh, the The purpose of this requirement is that the borrower, I mean the entrepreneur, they have to have commitment to their business and they have to take responsibility. Uh, There are cases where people are willing to run their business, to take the business risk. Uh, They are running a viable business, but because of the sharp turn of the economy, they are (coughs) suffering liquidity problem. Uh, They need to have liquidity support and they are unable to borrow from the bank, even if they are willing to give their personal guarantee. Uh, In those circumstances, the guarantee from the government would help. But it doesn't mean that the government will take over the responsibility uh, of repayment from the borrower. So uh, I'm afraid that this requirement uh, cannot be taken away. I mean that uh, the entrepreneur will still need to be very committed and uh, be... Uh, accountable for for the borrowing in the first place.
1: Aren't there a, a, quite a lot of rules attached to this, though, about how many employees you have, how much you pay them, what your, what your rents are, how much income you have? Isn't the risk that this is going to become a complicated bureaucracy to administer and put people off, which is sort of almost the opposite of what you're saying about the handouts, where you don't want to make it complicated. This could be very complicated for businesses.
2: Yeah. During the consultation period, we have heard uh, from uh, bis- the business sector that they are running a viable business, suffering short-term difficulties, has liquidity problem, they want to keep their employees, they co- they want to continue on. Um, so uh, for this 100% guarantee, the interest rate is very low, time less 2.5%. The idea is to provide them liquidity support. Please, if you c- carry on, Keep your staff. Keep your staff, and that's why for this particular loan, the amount to be to be uh, lent to the borrower is arrived at by reference to the rental and wages. Okay, Ravi, do you want to come out?
7: No, I'm just very disappointed to hear that because then, to me, it, it, it ultimately doesn't benefit in any way over and above what I could do anyway uh, in terms of getting loans and the business environment today particularly in the last six weeks has gone from being disastrous to catastrophic and companies certainly like one of my companies is just not in a position to be able to pay suppliers rents or um, salaries and if I'm therefore going to have to expose myself personally Towards paying company bills, and that sort of defeats the purpose of having limited liability companies. As a result of that, then companies like some of mine will have probably have to close down, and people will lose jobs.
0: Okay, um,
7: yeah. that's just that's what capitalism is about. It's about limited liability, and so therefore, to me, it's not significant support from the government if we're going to ha- if I'm going to have to guarantee repayment of the loans anyway.
2: Well, our experience in the 80% guarantee loan and the 90% guarantee loan, the take-up is very well, particularly with the latest 90%. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, the entrepreneur must have the commitment and the confidence in their own business. Uh, before I don't think
7: you understand how catastrophic business is right now, Mr. Chan, if you're saying that. It is a catastrophe.
2: Sir, so it is, at the end of the day, a business judgment and your call as to whether the business is still viable to go on uh, if you believe in the in your business but you are suffering short term liquidity problem we are willing to help but we, we I, i'm not saying your yourself uh, ravi i mean this is public money uh, for us right, it's our money. this is it's our pu- money exactly, this is public so. money this is public money we do not want to uh, to allow uh, any possible abuse well, of this it's public money well let
7: just disagree i i don't think it's a particularly useful program given the personal guarantee side okay. as i said this is c- capitalism is about limited liability companies and basically what you're saying is you have to expose yourself personally to the liabilities of your company in order to keep them from possibly going bankrupt, and I don't really understand the concept there. All right, yeah. right, it doesn't he... make any sense. Okay, yeah,
0: thank so I you
2: agree, we Disagree with you,
0: Thanks very much indeed for your call. Once again, two three three eight eight two six six. We've got about we've got about twenty minutes left. Um, last chance, really. Uh, if you want to talk to the uh, financial secretary, to call us on 233-882-66. eight eight two six six. We've got another caller on the line who wants to do that, and that's uh, Mr Ho. Mr Ho, good morning. Morning, uh, morning, Mr. Ho, good morning.
8: Yeah, um, I I find that uh, you mentioned in the budget, uh, governments are seeking some new revenue source and reversing the test rate because uh we face a deficit uh about 15 years ago uh fs uh, henry tong tried to introduce uh, gst to hong kong uh, but as you mentioned in the budget uh, japan uh, increased the gst last year and damaged uh, the economic growth uh, what do you think about that Uh, I I have two very uh, simple points to increase the revenue. One, uh, maybe you can increase the uh, uh, horse racing day and try to uh, reverse the gambling test rate and get more uh, revenue to government. And other, uh, uh, very similar to the lady before, uh, the hit lot brand new Uh, more than 52 countries regulate and test it Hong Kong should uh, try to do it. What do you think about that?
2: Well, GST, uh, back in in 2006, uh, when the then financial secretary, uh, Mr. Henry Tang, uh, launched the consultation, it was suspended uh, in a few months' time. Um, At that time, the objective is to try to broaden the tax base and with the additional revenue to be collected, uh, the raise of direct tax will be reduced. Uh, that is not acceptable to the community, because in that case, it is uh, collecting money from the mass majority, but reducing the tax liability of those who are paying tax. Uh, it is not tenable at the time. Uh, GST is very common in many jurisdictions, uh, very common and internationally adopted uh, kind of tax bot based uh, less vulnerable to economic uh, situation in terms of government revenue. It has, it has, is merit, but at the same time, it has to be, uh, it is regressive. Uh, so we have to approach this with quick care. Uh, you mentioned about raise, uh, raise, uh, increasing race days, uh, adjusting uh, gamble tax rate. Uh, those could be looked at. But in terms yeah. of...
0: Would you, would you consider increasing the income tax
2: rate, profits tax rate? Uh, no. Uh, income tax rate, <laughs> profits tax rate, uh, well, if required, that is certainly one of the options. Uh, for profits tax rate, there may be the room for manoeuvring, maybe a little more limited uh, because we l- need to look at the competitive... So you'd
0: increase income tax rates before, uh, you, would, before you touch profits tax?
2: I, I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to explain, uh, in terms of uh, business profits tax, uh, we have to look at the competitiveness of the tax system. Uh, In fact, the competitiveness of the tax system in both profits tax and individual salaries tax uh, are different. Uh, We will look at two different options, but at this stage, uh, it would be too early for me to indicate any particular preference.
0: All right. Thanks very much indeed, Mr Ho, for for your call. Once again, the number two three three eight eight two six six to put your mm-hmm. questions to the Financial Secretary, Paul Chan. Uh, this morning on RTHK, uh, we're broadcasting on uh, TV32 and on RTHK uh, Radio 3 and also on Facebook Live. Um, we've got to call a caller Dan next, I think. Dan, good morning. Yes, good morning, Good morning Hugh, Dan.
9: And, uh, and team. Uh, it's nice to hear Noreen on the phone. Uh, after a long time, and uh, Mr. Chan, good morning. Good morning. I want to thank you for your service. I had a an A and E doctor hike with me recently, and I found out that that was her job, and I thanked her for her service. So thank you for your service as well.
2: Yeah, thank you. Very kind of you, Dan.
9: Okay, uh, I was in the USA during the Arab oil embargo. That was my first experience with long queues. And after that, the U.S. developed a strategic oil reserve. I think one mistake that maybe we made after SARS was we didn't develop a strategic medical supply reserve, Mass, protective gear, whatever else we need for future problems like we're in now. So my suggestion would be, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have paper and pen, is to talk about within the government, what do we need to do when this happens again? It's going to happen again. How can we be better prepared? Do we need to develop some type of strategic uh, supply of all the things that would be needed in a future epidemic?
2: Hmm. Okay, Mr. Chen? Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, in the budget speech, I did mention that uh, after the current epidemic uh, is over, uh, we need to review and put in place systems and put resource to it to better prepare ourselves in terms of uh, coping with possible future uh, epidemic disease. Strategic medical supply is one thing. Uh, Isolation facilities is another. And also uh, putting more resources in terms of medical research, uh, in terms of uh, additional hospital beds for uh, these purposes. So this is something we will certainly seriously look into it and get ourselves better prepared.
1: It seems incredible that we didn't do it 15 years ago when we mm. had a chance that we're now in this position where there's another health crisis and we don't mm. seem to be prepared for it. And other governments mm. like Singapore seem to be able to ensure supply of masks at, at reasonable prices. What are we doing wrong?
2: Well, if you look at the, uh, the report of the last of SARS... Uh, about building uh, isolation facilities, hospital beds. Uh, the then government put forward proposals. At that time, there were a suggestion of building uh, uh, hospital, uh, hospital beds for these purposes in three separate sites. Eventually, we had one. We have one in uh, Prince Margaret Hospital in Lychikong. Uh, the other two uh, when the proposal went to the uh, Legislative Council uh, there were significant oppositions and somehow uh, those two hospitals got, uh, those plans got shelved.
0: Okay, uh, Dan, thank you very much indeed for your call, we've got, we've got a lot of callers now in the last uh, 10 minutes or so uh, of the program. Next is, uh, I think perhaps on a related theme, uh, Mr Ho, Mr Ho go ahead. Hello, Mr. Ho? No, Mr. Hi, this is Sorry. Do- yeah, Dr. Ho, is it? No? Okay. Okay, have we got Lam on the line now?
2: Lam?
10: Hello, good morning.
2: Miss um, um, Lam, good morning.
10: Thank you very much to receive my phone call. Um, I would like to say something about the uh, 10,000 Hong Kong dollars. I know uh, many, many friends. Uh, they're living in the uh, um, United States, uh, Europe, and um, everywhere. Um, I know some of my friends. Uh, they won't come back to Hong Kong. Uh, they will just use uh, 10,000 Hong Kong dollars to have uh, to do, uh to buy uh, some nice white wine uh, and champagne to celebrate. I think the uh, primary reason to give a uh, 10,000 Hong Kong dollars uh, to uh, us. The primary reason is to solve the um, financial crisis for the Hong Kong people. Uh, For Hong Kong people, we spend the money in Hong Kong, not for the one uh, to spend the money in Canada and uh, the United States. Um, It is uh, quite easy for the people. Uh, They just used uh, a global transfer to send the 10,000 money back to their home country, to spend in uh, uh, Canada, uh, the United States, or France. I think this is uh, everyone's freedom to choose where to reside. So um, I think it is not a very good idea uh, to give the money to the people They uh, stay in uh, the Europe country, uh, to the United States, Taiwan. Because the living standard, um, they agree, uh, they can afford. um, um, Some of them, they are quite rich. I think um, uh, there's no need to give them ten thousand Hong Kong dollars. I think uh, this is quite simple. When you are going to design the form for the application uh, for the ten thousand dollars. Uh, just like um, many forms uh, uh, to apply something, uh, you just declare honestly and truly write down how many days uh, you need to stay in Hong Kong for the uh, past 10 years, uh, like uh, 180 days. I think it is quite simple. um, There's no need to check with the immigration department. Okay, Mr. Uh, Chan,
0: what about that idea?
2: You just make a declaration. You make a declaration, but please do not say, for example, in the past year, there may be students who are studying abroad for the entire year. There are also elderly people who find Hong Kong too expensive to retire and live in our neighbouring cities. They are in thousands, ten thousands. So I've I do think that uh, I, I note your sentiment, but at the same time, but there's also we, the
0: point that the money is to stimulate the Hong Kong economy, and if they're going to get the money and spend it outside Hong Kong, it's a waste of our money.
2: Uh, well, we encourage them to come back uh, to to visit their friends, to spend, but at the same time, if, as I explained earlier, uh, if we put in too many too many administrative criterias. That will delay the whole scheme and make it more complicated. And also, they may not be in line with the vast the the expectation of the vast majority of the people of having the scheme simple and easy for them to register, for the government to administer, and for the money to get to them quicker. Okay.
0: Uh, Lam, thank you very much indeed for your call. Once again, the number 233-88266. We've got less than 10 minutes left uh, of the program. I think we've got Dr. Lee now, I hope. Dr. Lee? Hi,
2: Dr. Lee, good morning.
11: Good morning. Um, I'm a senior Chinese medicine practitioner who works in public Chinese medicine clinic for many years. And hereby, I want to express my deep disappointment on the financial budget written in this year. As usual as before, extremely few words were highlighted for Chinese medicine if compared with Western medicine. From the item forty-one to forty six listed in healthcare system, the government will spend much and more money on Western medicine in terms of retaining manpower, ten-year HDP and public clinic renovation, etc. However, the only one item for the eight which focused on Chinese medicine or CM was only some contents repeated since the policy address in 2017. No new budget or money actually put in CM. If CM has already been put into Hong Kong SAR medical system, then why there is such a huge unfairness on the resource allocation if compared with Western medicine? Why there's no 10-year CM development plan up to now? Why there is no retaining manpower plan for public CM clinics? Okay, Mr.
0: Chan, uh, on provisions for Chinese medicine in
2: the budget. Well, two years ago, I set aside uh, 500 million for Chinese medicine development. And the fund was set up last year and start to sponsor projects, as mentioned in my budget speech. The first Chinese medicine hospital will start the... Well, for the first Chinese medicine hospital, the tendering work uh, for the operator is to be... Uh, to be to be out this year and also the tender for the construction of the hospital will also be uh, out this year uh, apart from that uh, additional resources can be put to the Chinese medicine as to uh, dr Lee's question about uh, the terms and conditions of service for Chinese medicine practitioners in the public sector i do encourage you to speak with uh, the leadership in the hospital authority, uh, because they are in the best position to re- to to vis- to review the issue and come up with proposals, and um, for the government to consider. Okay, Dr. Lee, thank you very much indeed for your for your call. We got we got
0: quite a lot to try and squeeze in as many as we can in the last remaining moments. Uh, Joe is next. Joe, go ahead.
10: Hi. Good morning. Hi, Joe. Uh, Joe good good can morning. Can you hear
0: me? Okay.
11: Yep
12: i 'm um, conscious that we have very little time, so i 'm um, going to follow up with uh, with an email and give you some 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 date, some data from a survey that we conducted recently but i 'm phoning on behalf of over one hundred NGOs. Uh, we work with over one million uh, service users uh, beneficiaries in Hong Kong, and uh, we're all non subvented. And so uh, we found out from the survey that we conducted that we are going to be immensely impacted. Um, but I'm really, really um, happy to hear you say um, that we need to keep our staff, but we need help to be able to do that. Uh, we know from our, from our survey um, that at least three NGOs will, will likely have to close if they do not get financial relief. Um, because we're all working with the most vulnerable in the community and in schools, that they're just closing down. The programme implementation um, is hugely impacted, as well as um, funding sources.
0: Okay. So please, just charities, um, charities please, in Hong, charities, in, charities Hong that, in
12: Hong Kong that don't get government uh, money, that don't get government money. Um, so we we have a couple of um, options for you to consider. Uh, we do need some financial relief. Um, and, and maybe you could help us to uh, develop a platform for the 10,000 uh, to go to uh, Hong Kong Section 88 Charities directly to make it easy. Um, okay, but Mr. although I've Chair- yeah, that we'll close, um, we know that over 100 uh, will... Um, significantly suffer financially, um, yeah. uh, and we'll need to look
2: at staff redundancy. Yeah, please do email me your suggestions. We'll be ho- happy to look at it. And I think uh, I can also ask the Secretary for Labour and Welfare to help look into it and to to find possible possible ways to s- to support the NGO sector.
0: Thank you, Joe. And if, if you uh, CC uh, us as well, we'll we'll and follow it up yeah, and you. underline yeah. the, uh, yeah. underline the message. Yeah, uh, okay, okay Joe.
12: I'm the CEO of Habitat for Humanity Hong Kong. Um, And on behalf of all of the the NGOs, um, we we really, really do need your help.
0: Okay, thank you very much indeed for your your call, Joe. And probably the last caller now is Stephen. Stephen, good morning. Yes, good morning.
2: Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. Good morning, Stephen.
13: I appreciate time is tight, so I'll make this very quick. Hmm. I've heard what you've had to say about the 10,000 Hong Kong dollars, I've heard what you've had to say about the Immigration Department not knowing why people have gone overseas. There's something else, though, that the Immigration Department doesn't know. Once those permanent identity card holders have gone overseas, they don't know if they're still alive. Those persons may well have Hong Kong bank accounts. Those bank accounts are perfectly capable of being accessed by their family after the
2: person has died. Okay, interesting point. Stephen? I see. You mean that people fortunately use the uh, ID card of the deceased to apply for the money?
13: There are plenty of examples within the last few weeks of people lying um, about the coronavirus situation. Mm -hmm. They're certainly not going to hesitate to lie Mm -hmm. over the fact that their father... Uh, husband, do we have... Can, can I just
0: ask? I'm surprised. Do we mm. have records of whether those people are alive or not? Uh,
2: those people, uh, if they pass away in Hong Kong, they need to apply for registration. But if they don't, if they're not in Hong Kong? If they are not in Hong Kong if, and if their relatives no did not uh, notify us, I'm not sure if we have that record. But uh, is there any? do not the... have that
13: record. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Yeah. There are tens of thousands of people who are Hong Kong permanent identity card holders who have died overseas, and the immigration department has no Mm -hmm, way of mm -hmm.
2: knowing. And their relatives can operate their bank account, you mean? Yes, they can. I see. But this is fraudulent, right? No, well, it's not necessarily
1: fraudulence, is not it? it? Can't the trustees, couldn't the trustees of someone's estate or someone who has power of attorney, couldn't they legally apply for, for this? Is yeah, there anything in the rules to say that they I have mean,
2: to be alive? Yeah, they, their trustees can operate their account, too. This is legitimate. But their trustee, knowing that this is a deceased person, and use his ID card but, to apply for this money, I think this is, is fraudulent. requirement,
13: though, that the person qualifying has to be alive? I thought it was merely the holder of the Hong Kong
1: permanent identity card. Mm-hmm. So in which case the mm-hmm. trustee could legally apply for
2: the, mm-hmm. the $10,000. Yes. Yeah, thank you Stephen uh, in designing the form. Uh, well, that's uh, this is a this is
0: there a, a
13: submission
2: Okay, Stephen, thank well, you. For, this thank is you. this may be a very embarrassing question to ask those feeling in the form, but but thank you for bringing this to my attention.
0: Are you alive? Okay. Stephen, <laughs> thank you very much indeed for the, that call. Many thanks to uh, everybody who has called this uh, this morning, and uh, many thanks, of course, to the Financial Secretary for answering uh, those questions. Thank you yeah, very much. Thank you uh, for having indeed. me this morning. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you very much indeed. We will continue on RTHK Radio 3 with the Backchat program uh, after the uh, news at uh, 9 o'clock, which is just coming up in a moment, from uh, Peter Lewis and myself for, for this program. Thank you very much indeed for for joining us and uh, the weather uh, mostly fine today and the latest readings at the moment 19 celsius and the relative humidity is now at 80 percent